This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 40-inch. On this week's episode, we premiere our interview with Jonah Ray, recorded in front of a live audience on Saturday, January 25th at Proctor's in Schenectady, New York. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Can you believe it's been almost two weeks since we've done that fun UHF screening with Jonah Ray? I can't. I mean... It feels like yesterday. It was so much fun getting to do the event. And, you know, honestly, Dave, getting to relive the event with you on last week's episode was so much fun. And so many people have reached out to us saying how bummed they couldn't be there. Yeah, I know. People are asking me, when are you going to play the episode with Jonah Ray? I'm happy to say that we're going to play it soon, eventually, maybe in a couple <laughs> weeks. <laughs> or maybe today. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, if, if you want to hear it so bad, why weren't you there, huh? Huh? <laughs> exactly. I was there. <laughs> yeah. I was there. I recorded it. I can listen to it whenever I want. You know what? Well, who else was there? The great vegan Mexican restaurant, Burrito Burrito. I am missing those great vegan <laughs> burritos. They are so, so good. And I live so much closer than you, Dave. And I just, I got to make time in my schedule to get out there. There is one thing that I am not missing, though. I am not missing those vegan Twinkie Wiener sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> I loved them. I honestly actually really liked them. I thought they were great. And... They were exactly what I expected, a <laughs> an improved version of a Twinkie Wiener sandwich. <laughs> I will say out of the two Twinkie Wiener sandwiches that I have tried in my lifetime, that was the best of them. <laughs> one that you got from a 24-hour gas station in New Jersey at midnight, and one you got from the divinely talented, tasty Burrito Burrito at our live event where we watched UHF and talked to Jonah Ray. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine why I like that one better. Yeah, I can't either. <laughs> we were talking about, you know, obviously a lot of the prep that went into it last week. And we were talking about some of the new people we met. And I was really excited to I actually had met him before, but uh, both of us together got to meet him. Finally, our new friend in the podcast sponsorship family, Don Ferlazzo. Oh, yeah, it's so exciting to have Don Ferlazzo aboard on our sponsorship family. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast is brought to you in part by Don Ferlazzo Allstate Agency in Clifton Park, New York. If you drive like crazy, Don Ferlazzo and his team can help you with crazy good auto insurance. If you're about to buy you a condo, they can help you insure that too. Plus, the Ferlazzo Agency can protect all your favorite stuff like your coveted Velvet Elvis, or even your 2,000-inch TV. You may think your insurance is good enough for now, but don't wait one more minute. Find the Ferlazzo Allstate on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or call 518-278-3543 for a free quote today. The Ferlazzo Agency. We sell insurance, and that's all. And you, too, can sponsor the podcast by heading over to patreon.com slash 2,000-inch. Maybe you have an hour-related project, a comedy event, blog, or a social media account that our listeners would love. Or maybe you want to get more people to visit your Etsy page or your listing Weird Al collections on eBay. Whatever. 
we can help you reach the biggest and best Weird Al fans in the entire world. Or maybe you just want to support the podcast and maybe have us say your name every single week. And maybe you want us to come up with silly commercials for fake but totally great businesses that you own. Plus, you don't need to wait until the beginning of the month to sponsor. Each monthly sponsorship lasts for an entire month, regardless of when you sign up. Head on over to patreon.com slash 2000inch to sign up. It's a lot of fun, just like a burrito burrito. Oh, I thought you were going to go into a burrito burrito ad there. No, I just think burritos are fun. Well, yeah, I I guess they are. Uh, Anyway, we got some Weird Al news this week, Dave. Yes, on Saturday, February 1st, Al made a surprise appearance on Darren Chris's show at the Bourbon Room in Hollywood, singing the classic ballad, All Star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> and thanks to, oh, what's his name? Who, who, who sent that link to us, Dave? <laughs> I can't remember. And if you missed it, if you did not see it, if you were not there, you can check out the performance. It's posted over on our Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast Facebook group. And on Monday night, on February 3rd, Al was part of an event at Largo in L.A. that was both a benefit for the Diabetes Center at the Children's Hospital L.A. and a launch for a new Audible audiobook called Cut and Run. In addition to Al, the event featured Busy Phillips, Baron Vaughn, Darcy Carden, Tom Lennon, Eugene Cordero, Ed Begley Jr., Carlos Alasraki, and Oscar Montoya, and there were other surprises, I'm sure. Oh, man, I wonder what Al did. Hey, Ethan, look, my spatula phone is blinking. I hope this message is from someone who was at the event who can tell us more. Hey, guys, it's UH Jeff. I was at the event, and I can tell you more. It was me and Scott Sorensen and Vicky Rhymes with Cheese DeVries. We all went out to see Al in all his glory. It was like an improv show, and the host, Ben Blacker, asked for audience suggestions of a word before introducing his first guest. The word, Frisbee. The guest, Weird Al. The audience erupted. People were cheering. Some people were sobbing. It was great. So Ben interviewed Al for a little bit. He talked about Frisbees. He talked about Seth Meyers' dog named Frisbee, as well as playing Frisbee. The, uh, the host also asked Al a little bit about his Wikipedia page, Talked about shaving his mustache for the Ricky video. Uh, they talked about Al choosing his major at Cal Poly and how it was listed first in the school catalog. All the good stuff. Uh, and then the improv actors did some sketches around that conversation, sort of loosely based on that conversation. Instead of architecture, uh, one of the actors majored in aardvark, majored as an aardvark. I'm not really sure. It, it didn't make a whole lot of sense, but at the time it was funny. Like most improv, you kind of had to be there. But, you know, there was a short five-minute interview with Al, and then he was off stage for the rest of the night until a quick, until Al quickly peered out at the curtain call. The final goodbyes, Al popped out and kind of waved. And that's really, that was pretty much it. It was a lot of fun. Wish you could have been there. And that's all I got. Bye, goodbye. Thanks, UH Jeff. We're so glad that you were there to get us the inside scoop. Okay, okay, Ethan. I think I know what it's finally time for. The Burrito Burrito ad! No, not yet. Our interview with Jonah Ray, recorded in front of a live audience on Saturday, January 25th at Proctor's in Schenectady, New York. 
How's it going, guys? Thank you so much for coming out. I'm Ethan, and uh, this is Dave. We this wanted to Dave. we wanted to sit in order so you guys wouldn't get confused. Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast. So we did this for you guys. I'm the one with the longer beard. I, I'm working on it. It's it's been a couple years. I'm working on it. Uh, so if you guys are not aware, we host Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast. Uh, we launched it last May, and I want to tell you a little bit about Dave. Well, Dave, why don't you tell him about me? Since you're, you're, <laughs> Dave's very famous in the Weird Al fan community. Uh, I know a couple of you were asking for autographs earlier. He will sign them after the show. Five bucks. <laughs> Happy to for free. <laughs> no. Well, you have to pay me five bucks for him to sign. That's. You have to pay me five bucks for him not to sign. Yes. It's so. very lucrative. <laughs> So Ethan is one of the biggest Weird Al fans that I know. He is a stand-up comedian. He's been on the Howard Stern Show. And he is one of my closest personal friends. Please, let's, guys, let's hear it for Ethan Allman. Thank you. So this guy, Dave, um, he's known for, for many reasons in the Al community. Um, when, when you're really deep into Weird Al, you don't call him Weird Al, you just call him Al. So if we say Al, that's what we mean. Um, I first learned about Dave when I was a child, and he has tattoos on his legs of Weird Al and his bandmates and their faces, tattoos. Maybe you should show us. Maybe you should show them your tattoos. Show my Because I, I remember, like, 14-year-old me saw him at a show and, like, went over and took pictures with my flip phone of his legs and... Uh, it's kind of a weird thing for your parents to find that on your cell phone. Uh, pictures of a grown man's hairy legs. Uh, but what, what's really amazing is uh, about uh, over a decade ago, Dave was in Los Angeles walking down the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and he noticed that there was no star for Weird Al. So he started a campaign with his friend Vicky, and they raised $40,000, and they got Al the star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Just so incredible. Did I miss anything? Oh, Dave, Dave also, uh, uh, so, so Weird Al's personal archivist is his drummer, John Bermuda Schwartz. Outside of John Bermuda Schwartz, who has the official collection, Dave has the biggest collection of Weird Al memorabilia, as far as we know. <laughs> there could be like some mole man with some cool stuff somewhere. My wife can confirm that it's, it's on the second floor of our house and it's spilling out of my room and going down the hallway and it's, 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 it's a pretty <laughs> big collection. Uh, so we, we've got a, a great sponsor for, for Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast. And this is Burrito Burrito, based in Troy, New York, the best vegan Mexican food in the world. And when we, when we decided to do this event, Dave and I were thinking we had to have Twinkie Wiener sandwiches available at the show. But we know that Al is a vegan vegetarian, and we said, well, we know these amazing guys. So they took the challenge, and they actually made vegan Twinkie Wiener sandwiches, maybe for the first time in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a vegan Twinkie. <laughs> I don't know how they did it, but they did it. Against all odds, they did it. So I think maybe we can share one with, uh, with Jonah once like he comes it. out. I like it. Let's do it. Um, oh, yeah. There's this guy, Jonah. Uh, Jonah... Uh, What's is it, Jonah? Jonah Ray. Jonah Ray. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's here, and we want to bring him out, but we have a cool video we want to show you first. Uh, if you guys are not familiar, Jonah 
of course, is an amazing stand-up comedian, actor, host. He had TV shows. He, he recently came out with an album of all Weird Al covers, so punk songs with Weird Al music, and we want to show you a video of one of those, and then we'll bring him out. song, Frank's 2,000-inch TV, sounds a lot like our podcast name. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Al must have stolen our idea. I think he did. Well, this guy, he is the current host of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Let's hear it for Jonah Ray! Thanks for coming out. I had nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> but I did get to uh, um, put myself in it. Just like I forced my way, I willed my way into being in my favorite TV show, Mystery Science Theater. So I, I forced my way into UHF too. With computers. <laughs> Is that how you did it? Yeah, computers, RAMs, uh, <clears throat> internet. <The> internets. <laughs> yes. was, there, was there any time travel involved? There was some time travel. Well, okay. I mean, I, tra I traveled through time, but at the same amount of time. Like, I was going, uh, like, w uh, 60 seconds per minute. That's how fast through time I was traveling. Radical. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> That's amazing. Jonah, thank you so much for coming out all the way Thanks to Schenectady, New York. Yes. To Proctor's. It came from Schenectady. How not, cool is that? Not just a Charlie Kaufman movie. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> so, let, I mean, let's talk about that... Video, so you sure. use computers, you use <laughs> yes. time travel. Yes. You know, where Guys, did... buckle up. This is a technical conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Might go over your heads yeah. a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean... How, does, how do you get... In, how do you do that? Well, uh, so I, I put out, like, I made the first video um, for the, uh, the first single off the, the EP, um, which is called You Can't Call Me Al, and I did Amish Paradise, and then that was one of those things where it's like, I was like, oh, I should make a video, um, so I... Like within like a day, a bunch, I got a bunch of friends together and we like shot a video. And then uh, my friend Josh Forbes, who I've been kind of working on a movie uh, with, uh, kind of off and on writing something, he's like, we just got kind of tired of just, you know, writing. He's, he's like, let's, I want to make a video for one of the Weird Al songs. 
And so he's like, he's like, I want to do Franks, and I want to do it like putting you in UHF. And I'm, so we kind of broke down our favorite moments, and then like shot it specifically on a green screen, like at our friend's place, like you know, put up a green, you know, sheet, and <laughs> and just kind of did Very it really. Technical. Everyone just kind of did it for fun, and you know, just kind of did it ourselves uh, as a as a kick. And so yeah, he and he finished that thing. We shot that thing on a uh, on a Wednesday, and he uh, had like he had a couple people working on the effects and the editing um, on uh, on Thursday, and then it came out on a Friday. Wow. Yeah, we did, like we, there was a tight turnaround on that one. <laughs> We've heard that the actual UHF film was a pretty tight turnaround, so I'm sure you were inspired by Al to do that. I'm inspired by Al every day of my life. <laughs> he's, he's an incredible, awesome guy, and he's nice, and he does, he's really funny, and no one says anything bad about him. You can't say that about me. <laughs> yeah, we, we do uh, throw a lot of shade towards Jonah on our podcast when he's not on, uh, so. I could take it. I'm tough. <laughs> So this album, You Can't Call Me Al, it was available on 12-inch EP. And you had two pressing of it. The first one, 500 records, sold out, like, instantly. Yeah, within, much. like, a day and a half, 500 copies of the vinyl sold, which was crazy. Um, and I didn't really expect that. And so we, um, even the guy at the record label who put it out was even, like, he's, he's like, oh, that's, wow, that's a surprise. I thought this would sell nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, me too. And so, yeah, we were able to do, like, the second pressing, which is nice and it's fun, you know, it's like the whole thing, the whole idea of it was just uh, to, to have fun and like, you know, celebrate Al and just to like goof off. Like, you know, when you do, when you start to get into comedy as your career uh, or any kind of like entertainment stuff, it's like you kind of, it becomes a job and you're kind of worn down by the things you get to do or not get to do or who's doing what. And I just wanted something that I could just do for fun with my friends that didn't have to be anything more than what it was. And so it was really cool that like people responded to it and, and you know, bought the record and stuff like that, yeah. Well, I, I don't want to deflate the ego at all, but uh, Dave and I did buy all 500. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for the collection. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, thanks. I mean, I, I still made the money, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so besides Frank's 2,000-inch TV on that album, you have Dare to be Stupid, you have Amish Paradise, and you have Eat It, and you have an original song. Well, technically, not technically, really. It's well. I, I did a, uh, on the first episode I did of Mr. Science Theater, we did a movie called Reptilicus, right. and uh, in it we had a rap um, uh, called uh, Every Country Has a Monster. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was a lot of lyrics, and it was like, it was written by me and the head writer, Elliot Kalin, who does a great uh, podcast uh, called uh, Flophouse, um, and then, uh, yeah, and then uh, Joel Hodgson helped, you know, helped write the lyrics, and then Paul and Storm kind of put the whole thing together, you know, those guys are really great, funny yeah, musicians, and, and so, yeah, and then, like, that was just one of those things where it's like, I, you know, I, I, I like just kind of sitting around playing guitar, and I like singing, so it's just like, I had to learn all those lines and all those things. So <laughs> I was like, well, I can't. It's a just... super complicated song. How do you learn something with that, that many? I don't know. Well, it's like I would just like, I just over and over and over again. Just like, you know, just like Reptilicus is anybody really illustrates a great array of monsters all over the place. Like, just like having to, you know, and it's in my brain for the rest of my life, which is. <laughs> well, should we play it tonight? Uh, we could, yeah, yeah. We could do I that. don't know yeah. if anybody would want to hear it. Yeah. I would want to hear it. Yeah. I, I think I want to hear it. Yeah. Okay. Now, do we want to, I don't know. No, we do? Like, we'll do we'll it. We'll, we'll save it. We'll yeah. save it. Yeah. Right, so <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it's like VH1 Storytellers where I was like, well, that's the story of Reptilicus. And then I play the song and I go, yeah, we were on a lot of drugs back then. <laughs> I don't know why my VH1 Storytellers is just Neil Diamond. <laughs> wow. We were crazy. Well, uh, so yeah. Let's roll back all the way. Um, 
How, how did you get born? You know, what? what no, <laughs> there's children here, Ethan. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, how did you first get into Weird Al? Um, I, uh, you know, UHF, I think, was the, the thing that's, uh, yeah. that's like, we didn't have uh, cables, so I didn't have MTV, so I didn't see any of that stuff. And then I, when I saw the uh, trailer for UHF, I really wanted to go see it. And uh, and because uh, I was like really into watching like you know comedy, I had like tapes of uh, Monty Python and SCTV and stuff like that that my uncle gave me, and I was like, this looks like an SCTV movie, you know, just people running a you know a show, and then so saw it and like went and bought Even Worse, and uh, you know, and I was you know that was the first one I kind of bought, and then right you know shortly after that, off the deep end uh, came out. And <laughs> then you was, went off the deep end. I went off just... the deep end. I just became a, a, a dedicated <laughs> Weird Al fan, and uh, you know. Was, uh, I was, and I was also like scared, uh, like, uh, like I was like, I was the only, one of the only people I knew that was way into him. And so, and I didn't keep it a secret. I was very proud of it. I, you know, I would go to school and wear like a, you know, bad hair day shirt and stuff like that. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, I remember even like I would write a letter, like a fan letter and like I was, I had a plan to send it to, uh, the close personal friends of Al thing. And then like, I, I remember like putting it in the envelope, getting the stamp on it, going over to my mailbox and going, no. <laughs> I don't want to seem too eager. <laughs> I'm going to play it cool. And I'm like 11 years old. I'm going like, to play it cool. And, you know, like maybe one day, like, you know, I did like, I blew it the first time I met Al. Like I, blew, I was working at a record store, uh, Amoeba Records in Hollywood. Cool. And, uh, and I, he, he came in and I, and, then, and like, I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm gonna talk to Weird Al. This is it. So I, I, uh, and I, I had an opportunity earlier. Like when I first moved to Los Angeles, I went and saw Ben Folds perform at a bowling alley. It was like a secret show where if you pre-bought his album, you can. And then like Ben Folds like starts to play one of his songs from Ben Folds Five, and then he's like, "We got a singer for this, a new singer for this one." Some guy with like long hair comes on stage, and then he whips his hair back, and it was Weird Al. <laughs> and I was like, "Los Angeles is the greatest city on earth." <laughs> I was, like, I was like, this must happen every night. <laughs> um, wow. And so, like, yeah, it was like crazy, you know, like poo, pee, puke, cry. You know, like, <laughs> and so, but then, like, he was outside just like talking with someone, a friend of his, like, outside of the bowling alley that the show was at. And, like, I was like, no, not yet. <laughs> and then uh, when I was at, working at Amoeba, I'd already started doing comedy and, you know, kind of had. Uh, like, uh, you know, I felt a little okay with, uh, you know, like my place. And also, work, I'm a, like a record store clerk, so that's cool too, because Al's there, he's shopping. And so I, uh, I take my 15 minute break, so technically I got paid to meet Weird Al. Uh, <laughs> and I go up to him and I go, uh, I was like, I was like, play it cool. And I went up to him and I was like, hey, uh, Mr. Yankovic. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he turns around and, and like I remember just one of those things where that comes out of your mouth. You're like, Mr. Yankovic, oh, oh, stupid. And then he turns around, he's like, hey, I was, I was like, hey, I'm Jonah, I work here. Um, I almost want to say I'm a really big fan. Uh, like I, 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 I played music growing up and I loved your stuff and I'm in comedy, I do comedy now. Well, I work here, but I do comedy and I'm hoping it's my career. I don't know. Um, anyway, I put uh, once, uh, the first crush I ever had, I made a mixtape for a girl and put Frank's 2000 inch TV on the tape. <laughs> Um, and for the younger kids here, a mixtape is uh, something, <laughs> something you did when you were sad and alone. <laughs> you gave it to a girl, then she would play it for the guy she had a crush on, and then that guy, <laughs> that guy would go, I think this guy likes you. He's like, no, we're just friends! And then you're walking down the street and your heart hurts for some reason, you don't know why. <laughs> 
So I tell him, I was like, yeah, I put Frank's 2000 Inch on, on the mixtape. And like, he's, he's, like, he's like, right on, man. And then I was like, and that was the moment I feared. That was the exact moment, like the, hey, and then this, that, that lull of like, oh no, we're not friends. <laughs> like, this is, and then like, he's like, this is my wife, uh, Suzanne. And like, uh, I, and I, it's just like the worst, like, like nerdy dude. I was just like, hi. And then, <laughs> and then like, you know, a few years later, I'm writing on a, on a show, a TV show, and he comes in to do a, a sketch for it, and I am in charge of writing the sketch and directing it and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and like, but when he came in, he said, oh, hi, I'm Al. I was like, oh, hi, I'm Jonah. He said, he said we never met before, have we? I said, no, we have not. <laughs> so you could have done that after, you know, when you met him in Amoeba, you could have already sent that 11-year-old letter, and you could have just pretended that didn't happen. What if I just pulled it out? It was all like wadded up, and it's like <laughs> in your and, wallet. And damp. It's like he's like, why is this damp? <laughs> I was like, I've been meaning to give this to you. But uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's like I've just been kind of uh, obsessed with him. Like for me, when I was growing up. Comedy was everything, you know, like I just loved comedy. So it's like, I loved music and I loved movies. Um, and so, you know, like, it's like, I, I got to like have like a comedy version of the music I like, which was Weird Al. And I got to have a comedy version of the weird old movies I like to watch, which was Mystery Science Theater. And, you know, so it's like, I kind of like just, you know, to me, Al is just, just as, you know, good as, uh, you know, SCTV or uh, Monty Python or Mr. Show, any of that stuff, you know. Is that it? That's it. <laughs> All right, let's. You guys are on fire today. No, but you brought up that Weird Al was on the Meltdown, and he performed there to be stupid. Can you tell us how that came about? Yeah. So I had a show with my friend Kumel Nanjiani, um, who you might recognize uh, either from Silicon Valley or Weightlifting Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, he's got such a. He sent me, but my friend Kumel, uh, uh, who played Dinesh in, uh, in Silicon Valley, and he was in, you know, Stuber. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but uh, it's like, he got really into shape because he got in a Marvel movie, and he was, like, sending me, like, pictures of his body, and I was like, I was like, our, our friendship's taking a weird turn. <laughs> he's like, well, what are you up to? I was like, no, I'm going to go show UHF in upstate New York. <laughs> 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 but uh, we, we had a show with uh, Emily Gordon, uh, his wife, and she produced it. Like, it was like a live stand-up show called The Meltdown. And we had, uh, um, yeah, it, uh, it, that was the, that's the amount of people that watched it. Um, so we, uh, They're all here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the, uh, yeah, we had this. It was a stand-up show that we had that was live. And then Comedy Central gave us, uh, you know, three seasons. And, like, we just brought cameras into the – it was a, in the back of a comic book store uh, called The Meltdown. And it was, um, it, it was a lot of fun. And so, like, it's like, you know, we had our – we, like, you know, we all kind of got to pick and kind of pitch ideas of uh, who we wanted on the show. And I was like, we got to have Weird Al do something. And then uh, Al was, I, so I email him. I was just like, he's, he's like, well, what would I do, though? Because he's like, he's like, he doesn't really do stand-up. He doesn't really, I'm not sure if he feels comfortable, like, doing kind of thing that would lead into improv. Because he's like, you know, he's, he's like, I'm not, like, quick enough for, like, just, you know, like, do an improv thing. Or, and I was like, all right, here's some ideas. Uh, like, one, uh, we can uh, get, like, an like a all-star punk rock band. 
um, <laughs> like you know, people from like Bad Religion and Green Day, and then we can do a version of Happy Birthday. And it, it's to me, it was like the idea of when the band Fear, uh, like uh, uh, John Belushi, like went back to SNL after he had left, and he came back, and he's, he's like, "I'll host the show if this band Fear could play uh, as the band on SNL." And then a bunch of kids showed up to like mosh during Fear, and then destroyed the set. <laughs> and I was, I was like, "We'll do that with your song." <laughs> and he's like, he's like "Okay, uh, what else?" I was like, "We can do uh, Dare to Be Stupid, but we can get Mark Mothersbaugh to like um, come out and like and just press play on the backing." track <laughs> and he's, he's like that's a really funny idea so and then I, st I had to start doing the work of like trying to get a hold of Mark Mothersbaugh um, uh, who you know who's from Devo and like you know that's the song that's you know kind of parroting and and so like uh, it's like we got a response he's like, he's like oh I don't know if I'm around maybe and like it was this kind of thing and then uh, Al just like text me after the email comes and he's like he's like that sounds like a uh, very polite uh, go screw yourselves <laughs> And I was like, yeah, and like I was like, I don't know, maybe do something like, like something acoustically or that. And he he's like, you know what? I always wanted to try to do this thing, uh, where it was like a, get like a quartet of strings and then do a version of a song. And he's like, what song should I do? I was like, well, you should do Dare to Be Stupid. This is my favorite one. And um, and like he's like, yeah. And so we got a quartet for him, and they learned the song, and then he sang it on our show. And I, it's like, it's uh, there's a. There's a shot of me, because like we sh showed backstage stuff while the show was going on, and there's like a shot of me kind of singing along, and I'm not sure if you can see it, but there's like tears in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. It's one of those crazy <laughs> moments in a, in, a, in a career where it's like, you're just, you're like, how did I get here? And like, why is this, why is this allowed? <laughs> you know? I'm not like, I'm not helping anybody. <laughs> just helping myself. But uh, yeah, th so that was really neat. And so I like to think that because of that, that's where he, uh, uh, Felt the confidence to do the uh, with strings tour. So if anyone saw that tour, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for doing that for us. Yeah, but I, that's like I've gotten to work with them like three times now, or four times really. Like um, I was in that weird trailer thing. I was yes. um, I, like oh. I had them on my show, Hidden America, and like you know, it's like it was just kind of fun to like you know, casually kind of know him now. You know. Right. Yeah. That is insane. So I, I know you've you've spent some time with Al. I know he he has sanctioned the the punk covers. Yeah, he uh, like it's like I told him I was doing. It. He's like he's, he's like that sounds great, man. Send it to me when you're done. So I sent the MP3s, and he's like these are fun. And then um and then like he uh, the guy from the label said like he's like hey Weird Al just paid for and bought the record. And I was like I was like right on. I would have given it to him for free, but <laughs> but he never mentioned it. He didn't mention that he bought it. He didn't post anything. Like he posted like the link to the videos and stuff like that. But then he uh, um I was like I, I like messaged him saying like oh I'm gonna go see your show at the Greek Theater and he says oh I would have put you on the list. I was like well I would have given you a record for free. He's like well here we are. <laughs> I want to talk about UHF. UHF is, it was your gateway drug into Al. Did you see UHF in theaters? Yes, I saw it in the theater. I, was, uh, I saw it two times in the theater. Uh, I would have saw it a third time, but a friend of mine, my friend Donald, and we got into like comedy and m music and punk together, um, he thought that uh, uh, the movie starring Yahoo Sirius called Young Einstein <laughs> was better than UHF. And what? we literally Ooh. got into a fist fight 
It's like two six-year-old kids where it's like, you know, that thing. <laughs> Standing ovation for but that. But it's just one of those like weird things where you're a kid and like, and like it's like you're like you're upset because your friend doesn't agree with you and you don't know what to do with all these emotions. And like you're just like, no, you're dumb, you're dumb, you don't get it. And like, and then we actually started going at each other. Like, just because he thought that young Einstein was better. <laughs> young Einstein. <laughs> Yahoo serious. I mean, it's not that bad. It's a fun movie, but it's not UHF. It's not UHF. We're yeah. not screening young Einstein. Yeah, we're not screening young Einstein. No one's screening young Einstein. <laughs> not even Yahoo serious is screening young Einstein. Do we have anyone in the audience who was actually at a, a, a UHF when it was in theaters? Couple people, awesome, awesome. Yeah. That's how you heard all the creaky elbows go up. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I like to think that I was at least conceived by the time it was in there theaters. There are children here, Ethan. <laughs> I'm a child, I didn't get to see it. Yeah. It came out before my birth. You're so young. It really upsets me. <laughs> I'm but, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a fantastic movie. I actually got to um, interview Al about it at uh, Comic-Con once. It's on the, the Blu-ray for this. Uh, we can do we can just watch that instead of this. Right? <laughs> More me. You know. So I, I did want to ask, um, uh, also in the vein of, of UHF, uh, there's, there's kind of like this, this thing in the Al community where, where some people are, are like, we want another Weird Al movie, we want something different. But there is another you know, faction of people who are like, we want UHF too. Where do you fall in this faction? If, if we could get another Weird Al movie. Well, I, 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 I kind of soft pitched them years ago, um, an idea for a sequel. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Where I was like, I was like, okay, imagine uh, it's like it's UHF two, uh, but we call it like UHF.com. Um, and it's a, it's a movie where he's become the RJ. Like it's like he like it's like he's lost his way of like being creative and positive, and he's like become the curmudgeon, you know, head of this network, and he's he doesn't remember all the passion he used to have. And then I play a young upstart in the digital department of the uh, network, and I go, we should start doing crazy web videos. And he's like, no, and then it's a fight. Uh, uh, <laughs> and then I, I I show him the magic of uh, like weirdness, and then uh, he comes around. That was uh, that was that was what I pitched him. So uh, I'd say. It's not a good idea to do a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's so funny when you say Al community because that's something I uh, that like from hanging out with you this weekend. Does anyone here know that there's an Al community? <laughs> How many people were kind of thrown off by the phrase Al community? <laughs> yeah, and it's fun. It's exciting. But like, it's like a kid that got into it on my own. I'm just like, I was like, where the hell were all of you? <laughs> <laughs> when I was getting teased for wearing my T-shirts, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's very it's very fascinating, and you guys are a big part of it. You guys are stars in the in the world of Al. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Ethan's <laughs> two thousand inch Weird Al podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are like 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 the most famous fans of fish. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, What's Dave, a, wait, Dave's wait. the most famous. Like people will come up to me and be like, "Hey, can I get a picture?" Yeah. And we're like, "Yeah, sure." And they hand me the camera. Yeah. So. yeah. It's fine. Um, uh, Dave's the, uh, the wavy gravy of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> someone here, is, is there, someone's here that went to how many, like 350? Or, or is it... Or, oh, there he is. How many? 351 Weird Al shows that guy went to. World record, as far as anyone knows. <laughs> World record. Yes. I, know, I imagine uh, the guys in the band have been to more. 
That's true. That's true. <laughs> They've been to 352. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, so before we move on to some other TV show that, that we're uh, all familiar with, there, one of my wife and I, one of our favorite TV shows is Drunk History. Oh, yeah. yeah. Drunk History on Comedy Central. <laughs> Derek Waters. So you were on an episode of Drunk History, and mm -hmm. you did James Cook. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about how that episode came about? Well, uh, I've been friends with Derek Waters, uh, who you know came up. Him and Jeremy Connor came up with uh, Drunk History, and they, you know, I've known them through for years uh, uh, in the comedy community. And um, uh, you know, they did the first season, and then they, uh, they, they the, for the second season, like they're like, oh, we want to do a Hawaii episode. And I'm from, I was born and raised in Hawaii, so like, oh, we really want you to be a narrator for the uh, 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 one of the stories in the Hawaii episode. And so they, uh, they approached me, and, like, the other people doing the narration were, like, other, like, uh, white dudes. And then they, uh, they said, like, uh, what would you, would you want to do, like, the James Cook, um, uh, you know, discovering, quote, unquote, the islands? And I was kind of like, I was like, yeah, but, uh, like, I want to really do the research right. And, um, and so they, like, they gave me research, but it was all very, like, you know, British-based research. So it was okay. very much, it's like, you know, this amazing, you know, uh, captain came across this heathen land. And I was like, I was like, this does not taste good. <laughs> <laughs> and so what I did is like, I, you know, you, you really want to research the story and become very familiar with it. So I called a friend of mine who uh, works at University of Hawaii and I got in touch with somebody that uh, runs the uh, uh, Hawaiian history department and like just kind of talked about the, uh, the Hawaiian perspective of uh, the uh, the story of uh, Captain Cook coming and um, you know basically Captain Cook showed up at the time of where there was a uh, uh, it was like the Feast of Lono um, which is like a, a very celebratory thing and Lono is a, a, a sea uh, god of the sea and so when Captain Cook showed up on that day it's uh, they're like oh this is a this is a friend of uh, Lono's he's, so he's kind of a god. And um, Captain Cook took that and ran with it. <laughs> <laughs> and started, like, taking stuff that wasn't theirs and kind of, you know. And then it, you know, ended in, of course, uh, someone being, uh, uh, a lot of people being killed. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I, so, but I wanted to, like, have it, like, be, like, very much from the perspective. So, like, I did all the research and um, it, was, it was fun. It was, it was neat to have, like, the, like, friends of mine, like Ken Marino from the state and Eugene Cordero, who was in, like, Kong Skull Island and stuff like that. Like, to have them, like, be in the reenactments yeah. was a lot of fun. <laughs> And also, it's like I got, I, it's like a lot of people online said I wasn't drunk. I wasn't really that drunk. Uh, but what happens when I get drunk is like the more I get drunk, the more like I white knuckle control. So it's like I don't start to get too sloppy. Like, it's like it's, uh, the more drunk I get, like I'll start talking very specifically in the fear of slurring at all. <laughs> and if you look like I'm holding on to the chair to balance myself. But that was, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. We got a couple of questions from from the audience asking, "Is Hidden America coming back?" Uh, no, I mean, as far as I know, Hidden America was like a travel parody show I did. Um, it was basically a Bourdain parody sketch show kind of thing. Um, it was, you know, almost kind of like my my way of kind of doing like Mr. Show or SCTV or even UHF, where it's like a, a you know, like UHF is is kind of a, it's a sketch it's a sketch movie. It's like, you know, they have right. this storyline, but there's these, all these parodies and sketches within it that, and that, that was kind of my take on We even had Anthony Bourdain on an episode, which was really fun. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we did it for a company called CISO. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, that's the amount of people. And, uh, <laughs> rah, 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 rah. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, so like we did two seasons, and it's still it's for free on vrv.co and whatever. Uh, but um, I, I like the the idea is that like it's like I wouldn't probably do another season. The third season idea for Hidden America was a documentary about Hidden America trying to do Hidden South America, <laughs> and all the things that went wrong about this show, just like not doing the research to try and shoot, and then like you know getting kidnapped and you know. <laughs> So like kind of pull back the parody like one step more. Yeah. Now Hidden America is very significant to Al fans, especially because there is not one but two connections to Al and the Al universe. What's the second one? Uh, the one he's he's in he's in the LA episode. Right. Or it's uh it's like the the, in the joke. Hawaii episode. He's in the Hawaii episode? You told me Jim West. Oh, uh, that's right. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. So Al, Al I'll, I'll just answer your questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, like uh, one of the things we do, it's like we do like a fake, like when we come back, we do this, uh, you know, before a commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to drive around like with native Angelino, Weird Al, and like I kind of, it's like we're just stuck in traffic, and he's just kind of starting to get like upset. He's like, how far is this place? I was like, ah, cause there's a lot of traffic. And then I start, <laughs> I start kind of going like, uh, it's like, uh, traffic, it's a guess. Bumper to bumper, and then he jumps out of the car. <laughs> uh, and then the other one we had for the Hawaii episode in the second season, we uh, we needed some slack key Hawaiian style guitar, and so we had uh, uh, Kimo Jim Kimo West do uh, some of uh, just he gave us some tracks of his. That's so you cool. Know, guitar Al's stuff. longtime guitarist. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was that was really nice. Love and it. Dave and Ethan's 2000 inch Weird Al podcast has a Jim Kimo West connection as well. Nice. He did our theme song. Yay! Yeah. It's not slack key though. It's just rock, <laughs> like a heavy metal, heavy metal. <laughs> hardcore rock. <laughs> All right, so there's this little TV show that some people may have heard of called Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yes, I too am a fan. <laughs> All right, was so that it? That's it. <laughs> I just want to see how many people heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> is anybody here? Anybody no. heard of it? Yeah. So my understanding is that actually began as on a UHF station in Minneapolis. Yeah, KTMA, uh, which was the uh, local like uh, you know uh, regional station in Minneapolis, St. Paul area, and uh, they started. They did a couple seasons there, and then they sold it to the Comedy Channel, and the Comedy Channel combined with the Ha Channel, and then that became Comedy Central, and then they were on Comedy Central for a while. Then this they got canceled, and then they went to Sci-Fi for a while, and got canceled. And then I went over to <laughs> Netflix about 20 years later and got canceled. <laughs> so I'm proud to be of a, a, a nice history. To <laughs> <laughs> nice history of getting that show canceled. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's like a literal dream come true. Like it's like I it's like that's like one of my first meetings when I went to LA. Like where I was like doing stand up and improv, and then um, I got a meeting with some agents, and then they're like, "What would the Jonah Ray show be?" That's what they had. They was like, "What would you do if you had a show?" And I was like, "Well," and this is like in 2003 or four. And I was like, "Well, we should bring back Mystery Science Theater, and I should be the host of it." And then they <laughs> and then they laughed at me, <laughs> which I found to be very unprofessional <laughs> in a meeting. They're like, "That's not gonna happen, idiot." <laughs> Uh, and then little did they know, nostalgia was going to mean big bucks. <laughs> and then, yeah, so but, but there's, 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 the tour is going on right now still, and so it's, I'm, I'm very stoked to do it. Yeah. It's so cool. We, we actually uh, we have a couple questions from the audience about Mystery Science Theater. Cool. Which is your favorite co-host puppet? Oh, uh, uh, I'm, I'm a crow guy. Yeah, I was going to try. <laughs> yeah, I was going to try and be like, you know, 
like it's like kind of middle of the road and go Cambot. And everyone's like, no one likes Cambot. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes Cambot. But like, yeah, it's uh, Crow is my favorite, and that's like getting to like actually cast uh, Hampton Young, who was one, like one of my favorite comics and a good old friend of mine. But like, like seeing his comedy over the years before we even got to do Mr. Science Theater, I was like, I was like, this guy reminds me of Crow, where he's just like crazy and you think he's gonna kill you. <laughs> and that's like Crow to me where you just say he's like, I, like, I wanna decide who lives and dies. You know, it's like it's like Hampton always like reflected that for me. And so uh, yeah, I'm I'm a real real crow guy. He's he's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and this is a two part question or more like a one part question, one part statement with a question mark at the end of it. Or <laughs> <laughs> a question or comment. Have you ever heard of the movie The Stuff? Yes, the stuff. That was a, that's a Larry Cohen movie, I believe, right? The stuff is great. If you guys have ever seen it, it's a uh, Larry Cohen, and it's very funny and very weird. And it's, it's it came out in the '80s, and it's uh, it's a, it's a, it's incredible because it's just like it's a, like really about like it's around the same time I think John Carpenter did They Live, and so it was all these kind of horror director guys like talking about like capitalism and advertising and its effect on us, and and then the, the stuff was about like it's just like this stuff comes out uh, and like it's like this company finds this like secretion that like came out and they like out of like a uh, meteor that hit the earth and then they taste it and they're like oh this is really good and then like uh, everyone starts losing weight when they eat it so they put it out mass market it and then it just starts like uh, like you know like making people become all like soft and like and then like they become monsters you know it's a it's it's a bonkers movie anyone here go see color out of space when it play there oh isn't that crazy yeah it's supreme nick cage <laughs> You guys want to see Nick Cage being real Nick Cage? <laughs> uh, but yeah, the stuff. It was. Uh, yeah, this, uh, that's a that's a fantastic movie. I, I I say you should watch it. It's a good fun movie night. Yeah. yeah. And the rest of the question or statement is: Please make riff track. Oh well. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, it's a, it would be good, but it's, it's like it's funny because sometimes like it's like a, it's really a generational thing because like someone and I know a lot of people are gonna be kind of like like what, but like someone tweeted me they're like I just saw this crazy weird movie with these like little like green monster guys like uh, it's like you gotta you you gotta riff on it it's so dumb and I was like what was the movie and they said I was thinking they were saying like gonna be, say like munchies or ghoulies or you know uh, you know critters or something <laughs> like that and she said uh, she responded she's like uh, it was called gremlins <laughs> I was like you want me to riff on gremlins how dare you I'd quicker riff on Schindler's List <laughs> what, what is the general criteria for for deciding on what is going to be riffed it's got to be a it's got to be a swing these movies had to have, they have to go for it. And it also like is a rhythm thing, like where it's like it needs, you need, you need space. You know, they really have to try. Because if they're not trying, everyone like, you know, says like, oh, Sharknado and those kinds of sci-fi movies. But those are meant to be bad. And that's just like, right. that's, that's terrible. Uh, and some of these movies like were meant to be great. Like Mac and Me, which we did in the second season. <laughs> <laughs> like Mac and Me, that's just capitalism the movie, you know. <laughs> it's like I used to think it was paid for by McDonald's. Uh, because McDonald's is a central point in the in the movie, but it turns out it wasn't paid for by by McDonald's. It was paid for by the uh, beef company that gave McDonald's their beef. <laughs> and so it's like to me, it's like it's such a like a it's such a an attack on like any kind of art. Like people are trying to make movies, people are killing themselves to make movies, and then you just have these like these oligarchs of beef coming in, big beef, like a big beef coming in, and just going like, well, I want to sell more of this beef. 
Let's 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 make a movie about him. And it just to me it feels like it's like it's like it's like let's pretend we're artists. And you know, it's like it's like essentially it's like a it's like an undercover cop going, "Hey kids, you like ET? What about this?" <laughs> And the kid does like it's like I don't know about the movie, but I really feel like getting some fries right now. <laughs> now, do you ever hear any feedback from the original filmmakers? I was at a convention. Uh, not any of the filmmakers, in my experience. Uh, some of the uh, original guys have heard from some of the filmmakers, but I was at a convention in uh, uh, in Florida, and then some uh, some uh, lady. She's uh, she like answered. She asked a question. She's like she's like, hey, do you recognize me? And um, as a guy, that's a scary question to hear in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm sorry. Should I? I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, and then like, uh, she's like, she's like, uh, and she said like a line. She's like, she's like, she's like, she's like, she's like, she's like we got to pull it up on the screen. And I was like, I'm sorry. I don't know what's happening right now. And I'm getting uncomfortable. She's like, she's like, I was in, I, I was in a, a um, Atlantic Rim, which is a movie we did, which was uh, essentially the movie is not Pacific Rim. <laughs> That's literally, if you get the box, the DVD, you turn it around, and it says, like, what's this movie about? It just says, not Pacific Rim. <laughs> and she's like, I was in Atlantic Rim, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> we were pretty terrible to her. <laughs> and she's like, no, I love it. All my friends, like, people finally saw the movie I was in. <laughs> now, is there, is there a line that you draw when you're... Uh, well, you don't want to be nasty. You know, they're trying their best. Uh, we're trying our best. We don't, we, you know, I, I did a podcast with Joe Dante, uh, who, like, directed a ton of great movies, some of my favorite movies, you know, um, Gremlins being one of them, and, um, you know, Matinee. Um, he's, a, he's an incredible director, but uh, he hates Mystery Science Theater 3000, and I found that out moments before I was about to record a podcast with him. <laughs> I was invited on a podcast, and the guy, his co-host goes, oh, just to let you know, Joe hates Mystery Science Theater. And I was like, oh, no, that's me. <laughs> and so, like, uh, we sit down, and, like, he just starts going, you know, I don't get it. Like, it's like, it's like you, you, you guys always use these terrible prints of movies, and, like, you edit them down for the commercials. I was like, I was like real quick, uh, I wasn't a part of that. Uh, that's, I'm just a guy on it. And like, he's, like, he's like, you know, it's hard to make movies. And I go, yeah, yeah, it is. And, I, you know, I've, I've made movies and it's it's really hard to do anything um and you, you know it's like you have ton of self-doubt all the time but like for me these movies are fun i love watching these movies and it's like it's like i just we try not to be nasty we just try to like play with them we just try to like you know collaborate with the movie and almost kind of do like a, like you know a, a collage of like jokes and pop culture references and songs along with the movie and give the movie a second life like no one would ever know what manos hands of fate ever was <laughs> And in all honesty, they shouldn't. <laughs> but it's like you know, sometimes it's like it's like sometimes it's just easier to like you know to watch a movie with your friends, and that's kind of how I think Mystery Science Theater. It was always that for me, you know. Right. It's, it's like it's a it's, it's a nice lonely boy uh, show to watch. <laughs> no, a lot of people we talk to, you know. So so on our podcast, we we interview people associated with Al. We've had you on. We we've talked to. Um, when was that? Uh, just uh, now, just now, <laughs> yeah, right okay. now, right now, right. <laughs> we we had uh, John Dupre, the 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 composer right. of UHF. We've had everyone up up and including Weird Al's personal hairstylist on the podcast to talk about Al. And you know, when we talk to people who are, are connected to Al and they st were started as fans by Al, a common thing we hear is like the first thing I ever spent my real money on musically was I bought Weird Al. Like yeah. that was like their like 
coming into adulthood was spending their their money yeah. on Weird Al. Do you have any kind of experiences like that? Yeah, uh, I mean, my uh, to be honest, to complete. Completely honest, my first, the first like album I ever bought, like the first cassette tape I ever bought uh, with my own money, uh, was uh, uh, "Crushin'" by the Fat Boys, um, because I saw the movie Disorderlies and I loved it. <laughs> I could see I'm alone, um, but uh, very funny movie. Uh, the, the the trio of the Fat Boys, the rap group, they become orderlies for a, a rich, a sick old man, and they get into <laughs> some crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so like I remember saving up for the Weird Al box set, permanent record, Al in the box. Um, yeah. yeah, and like I remember I was saving up for it, and I was gonna go buy it. So I rode my bike into town to go to the record store, bought it, got made fun of by the guys that worked at the <laughs> record store, uh, and and I remember like I had it in a plastic bag, and I was riding my bike home, and I had a, there was a bridge I had to cross, you know, to get home, and uh, the bag was you know it's a, it was a long box like this and real thick, yeah. and uh, there was like these slats in the side of the bridge going over a canal and I start going over it and then the box went in into the slats uh, on the side oh. and it caught and then like it pulled me over and then I uh, like swung over the banister of the and I had I was like hanging off <laughs> and, like, and it wasn't like a huge drop but the water was real gross <laughs> like there was always like they're always like pulling like dead boars out of this like water it's just like it was so gross and disgusting and it smelled and like it was like this and like I was like holding on to it and I remember I had like the bag of the box and like just trying not to <laughs> drop the box into the dirty butt water and, <laughs> and like it's like like I like raked like it's like I like fractured my pinky because when I like fell over and then like I was just and I was embarrassed by it like because if people saw it and laughed at me and didn't help <laughs> and then like I got home and like I you know I went and like you know just like listened to the whole thing like you know over and over and over again so it's was like, it okay my finger or the uh, no no. Out in the box. Was oh, yeah, out in the box. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know it's okay. Oh, the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. The box itself was like, like bent in half, <laughs> but none of the CDs. Is that expensive? I mean, that's like yeah. if you're gonna be a kid buying something. That's, that's forty-five expensive. bucks. Yeah. That's a lot of money. And back in those days, that's what like a hundred bucks now. I, I don't know the math, Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> we have fun. We do. <laughs> I think we we should just we need to hear about you know what is your favorite moment in UHF? What are you going to be looking for when we hit play? Uh, I'm you know I just I love uh, anything with Michael Richards. Uh, like he's like so brilliant and physical in it, and I think he's amazing. Um, uh, and yeah, I think I, anything that Michael Richards does is Stanley Spadowski is just so funny and weird and like it's like he's just so specific. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's hard to it's hard to celebrate him or Victoria <laughs> Jackson at this point. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, Joel Hodgson was offered uh, the guy who was the first host of Mystery Science Theater um, uh, and the creator of the show. He was uh, offered the the role of uh, uh, Philo. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. So what is it like working with Joel? Uh, it's great. It's like you know he's um, he's Joel. He's like weird and like you kind of like it's uh, every time every time you like like you know. He, like he'll do weird stuff where he'll explain something to you and he'll be like it's like you know man we're gonna do this thing where it kind of swoops around and gets kind of silly and I was like I don't know what you mean so it's like basically he's like a guy that's like he'll bring you a brick or like a cube of like um you know marble and he'll be like here it is and you're like <laughs> I don't know what that is he's like oh my god hold on and he chisels away at it and you're like I think I get the idea. He's like, oh, geez, here we go. And he does it, and they're like, oh, that's what you meant. After, uh, yeah. And that's like two months of working with him. 
that's amazing. Uh, I, I, I mean, before we start, I, I, I think the audience would love to hear Reptilicus. Sure, yeah, I could do that. Is that the consensus? Well, Jonah grabs the guitar. Um, so our featured drink tonight is Yankaritas. And um, Dave, do you want to give us the background on Yankaritas? We learned about these last year when we were interviewing Dave Bowe. Yeah, David Bowe. He played uh, Bobo in the movie you're about to see. I don't want to give away any spoilers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we were talking to him, and apparently he, him and Al and the whole crew of the UHF, they had a big um, party at the wrap-up of the movie, and um, Al was making these drinks and he and Dave was like these are really good what is this and basically I was like this is a Yankarita so we and asked yeah we said what, we said, what's what in is a Yankarita? Yankarita and he wasn't sure so we had the opportunity we actually got we we're fortunate enough to talk to Weird Al and of course the first question we asked him what is in a Yankarita and he said it's a margarita that you call a Yankarita <laughs> <laughs> We were expecting something a little more. Yeah. You know, like squirt some Twinkies in. Gross. We, you know, while you're playing that, we should get some Twinkies in and we should cheers and have Twinkie winter sandwiches. Sure, if you need to take a pee break while I'm playing, go for it too. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind if I do. All right. Reptilic is silly, but it really illustrates a great array of monsters all over the place. Not just in Japan, but across the Vegan Twinkie Wiener sandwiches. Are you ready to, to do it, Jonah? Of course not. Have you ever had a Twinkie Wiener sandwich? No. no really? It seemed really? like a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> but I've always thought about it, and here's the thing. In the movie, you know, you start to hear the song UHF. He starts to make it, which is a Twinkie, and then he puts a wiener in it, and then he covers it in uh, um, cheese whiz. And then 
He dunks it in milk. I asked, I personally asked Al about whether or not dunking in milk was something that we needed to do. And he said it was purely optional, but a fan of our caliber, it is required. Okay, here we go. Right. Goodbye. So now that you've tried your first Twinkie Wiener sandwich, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I know it's a, it's um you know there's notes of uh, sweet and savory. Um, my heart uh, is slowing down. Stopping. <laughs> Call help for help, please. I uh, not joking. No. Um, you know it's not so, it's not so bad. I wouldn't right? recommend dunking it in milk. No. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad we're just such big fans that we have to. Yeah, you got to do it. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thank, thank you for this. This um, of course experience. Thank you, so, Jonah. Thank you so much for coming out to Schenectady for our, our screening of UHF. Thanks, you guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Pleasure to talk to you. And excited to watch the movie. Let's let's watch the movie. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's watch UHF. The reviews are in. Jackie Rossi, what did you think? I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good time. I thought the interview you guys did was great. Jonah was wonderful warm, fuzzy human being. What was your favorite moment? <laughs> I actually really liked it when you guys ate the vegan Twinkie Wiener sandwiches, which I will just say right now, those are better than the original version, like, by miles. Like, I would eat those again happily. I do feel a little bit bad because that was Jonah Ray's first Twinkie Wiener sandwich, and he did not appear to have a good experience, so it really can only go down for him <laughs> from this point. Let's hear what Johnny O'Hearn thought of the event. Hey guys, it's Johnny here. Anyways, you guys put together a really special show tonight, and the surrealness of it all, the near 2,000-inch screen, the whole thing where that guy from Mystery something, whatever, 2,700 was here, and yeah, great job, guys. Once again, huge thanks to all of our friends, family, and listeners who came out. We also want to thank, of course, Jonah Ray, Tom Satilla Lewis, Paul Kazee, plus Brendan, Rob, and the whole ICFS and OSM and Proctor's team, including Trevor, our good friends Kathy, Ed, and Evan Conway, and we cannot forget Kate and Jackie. We have a limited number of those beautiful screen print posters available, first come, first serve, as well as sticker packs. Please get in touch with us ASAP if you want to purchase one. After our initial run of t-shirts for our podcast launch donors and for Al and the touring team, we've gotten a lot of requests for shirts for those who missed out. So Dave and I are thrilled to be launching a t-shirt store today! There are some really fun designs and we hope to regularly change around the offerings and add some fun, cool stuff. So be sure to check it out right away. Shop.2000inch.com you are going to love these. That's shop.2000inch.com. Be sure to send us pictures of you wearing your brand new t-shirts or let us know where you hang your posters or stick your stickers or burrito your burritos. Oh, I thought you were going to do the burrito burrito ad? No, it's not time yet. 
This week's episode brought to you in part by vegan Mexican restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped-in-a-quesadilla Burrito Burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Find them at burritosquared.com and at burritosquared on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a burrito burrito burrito, but every burrito 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 can be burrito burritoed. Thanks to our listeners, subscribers, and everyone else who follows us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're at 2000inch. And of course, thanks to those who've joined our Facebook group. And a big extra special thanks to all of our amazing Patreon supporters. If you want to join the Patreon family, head over to patreon.com slash 2000inch for exclusive clips early releases, and other fun stuff. It is a great way for you to support the podcast. We bring you this podcast every single week, absolutely free. If you enjoy it, please go over to patreon.com slash 2000inch. It helps us pay our bills and helps us keep this podcast absolutely free for everybody. Including our unpaid intern, Frank. You can find us online at 2000inch.com and make sure to share our posts, tell your friends about the podcast, and leave us messages to play on the air at 347-SPATULA. Don't forget to check out our brand new shop at shop.2000inch.com and remember to use the hashtag 2000inch and hashtag Gil and Chill when you post about us. Next week, we celebrate the one-year anniversary of Weird Al's career-spanning squeeze box set winning the Grammy for Best Box or Special Limited Edition Package by talking to none other than one of the key figures from Sony behind the set, Mike Duquette. That was Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al Podcast. Episode 48. We're yeah. not screening Young Einstein. Yeah, we're not screening Young Einstein. No one's screening Young Einstein. <laughs> not even Yahoo Sirius is screening Young Einstein. <laughs> <laughs>